Hello. Hey, hey. All right. See you. You know. Bye. This is. This is. This that is was life. quick. That was easy. <laughs> You're listening to Ergo here on WHBK Ergo Radio. Com. I'm Kiss. I am Damon Alexander Williams. Bang, bang. And what we do here is <laughs> showcase conversations with artists, organizers, creators, folks reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. We have a very special guest up here. You just heard a little bit of his music up top. But before we get to that, uh, we have some perhaps some community announcements. You got anything you want to throw I in do, there, Dave? I do. I'm not prepared, but I know. What do you? So, what do you? What do you know? So I'm hoping that you let's see that, that you're gonna that Doubtful. you're gonna double up on these. Uh, I know L.A. Van Gogh is having oh, a listening party right. tonight. Mm-hmm. Don't know when and That's where. That's at AMFM. There at it is. 7 That's PM. true. That yep. is true. In Pilsen. That is true. Um, Laquan Day is happening tomorrow uh, at, at CPD headquarters. There's also things happening today in terms of this being the three marking the three years um, since the death of Laquan McDonald. Uh, and then we got some stuff. Go ahead and do it, do it, do it the right way. Yeah. So we tomorrow night uh, at 7 p.m. are all the way up in Rogers Park, which is damn near Newfoundland. But you could make that trip up there. <laughs> uh, we're doing an Ergo Live with Ergo alumni and wonderful people, Tasha and David Ellis. It's going to be a live interview and performance. It is free. It is open to the public. Shout out to David Ellis. He's having a whole family. I don't know if we've set that up here yet, but like he's having a baby. He's getting married. I'm so excited he's to talk about all different type of places. Of all the people we've had on, maybe that's the most like <laughs> life change <laughs> since we had. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to graduate school. Like I'm trying. And he's like, no, no, now I, I have settled down. <laughs> So if you want to hear more about that and you want to hear us clown David for being a father, uh, lightly, <laughs> you can come to Loyola tomorrow night. Um, hate, hate, hate. <laughs> so you should definitely come to that. And then Saturday, uh, we are at Georgetown in D.C. doing an Ergo Live with a Kenya. That's also going to be a live interview and performance for, for the info, s- for yeah. some of us, that is as far as Rogers Park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more likely to go to our nation's capital <laughs> than I am to go to Hollywood Boulevard. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can definitely come through that. Uh, and then lastly, cop that Ergo tea. We'll have some of them on sale uh, tomorrow night, I believe, and Saturday also. But you can always get it online, ergoradio.com slash store. And then lastly... This is that smooth segue into ah, let's do it. our guest. There is an amazing concert tonight at Chop Shop. It is a benefit show uh, for Puerto Rico, uh, and it is featuring Ergo alum Raven Lene. Ah. Just a moment for everyone to applaud in oh, the audience. Big time. Uh, featuring the Omis. Oh, oh, big time. Little golf clap. Uh, featuring Boathouse, the producer from Close Sessions, and featuring our guest. Keeping the applause going for himself, I respect the hell uh, out of that. That was man. great. I, you, don't, you, don't, you don't. It's not just for me. It was for everybody. <laughs> it was. A collective I don't applause. don't don't think that the applause was so narcissistic. Well, let's take a moment and just do a little golf clap for our guest oh, today. I'll give myself a pat on the back. Rich Jones is here. Hi, how's it going? Yeah. Hello. Hi. It's not going to be that awkward the whole time. So the way we always like to start the show uh, is: <laughs> How is the world treating you? And how are you treating the world on this day, in this moment, in this season? Um, I would say the world is treating me pretty all right today. Um, I woke up, so that's a really good start. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really grateful that I didn't lose my voice last night. I was at the Cubs game, wow. and uh, I, as I was explaining to Damon, um, I got more yelling out in about a 15 minute span <laughs> than I did all the previous three seasons due to a, a egregious uh, umpiring error. Um, was this the, the foul ball? Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, that was yeah. completely inconsequential. Uh, ultimately, yes, yes. but that, that but, but the Dodgers, they are the Dodgers. They, they seem to, you know, like to put the ball in the seats a lot. So, and credit was Curtis Granderson, Chicago's own Curtis Granderson, yeah. uh, who, who is the player of, of note in that moment. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just waking up grateful that my voice isn't completely shot. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say, how am I treating the world? I'm, I'm treating it with, with, with kindness, love and excitement because it's a beautiful day. And, uh, yeah. you know, as, as we creep, ever closer to winter you just got to take those for uh, for what they are and be really appreciative yeah, of it it's true I'm still getting some 70 degrees i'm actually been like i'm cut off from 
the world. So I don't know who won. I don't know what's happening. The, Cubs the, are down three one. Three one. But the, Cub, the but the Cubs won. They won that. So they, yeah, they it won. was a closeout game. Yeah. It was, and there it, was some the, survival that happened. There was there was definitely some survival tactics. Okay. Um, I will say one of my favorite things is, you know, I like grew up a baseball fan and a sports fan in certain ways. It's been really fun watching like organizer friends who like three quarters of the year are posting like things that are very like insightful and thoughtful and like rousing people just like the weeks where they're just blatant sports fans. And it's like, Oh, I'm not the only one carrying this with me. This is, this is very nice. Uh, where were your seats at the game? We actually had bleacher seats. Okay. Um, right, right around uh, center field, which was yeah. really great. Um, you know, I, it's crazy up until the last few years, I really didn't ever sit out there. Mm-hmm. So it's been like kind of more in the last few years that I've, I've gotten it's, it's a different experience. You really, I think, have to pay a bit closer attention just because you're, it's like, it's kind of like watching the game backwards because everyone just has their backs to you. But, <laughs> um, you know, versus how most people watch the game when you're on the other sides but um but yeah it's definitely it's uh it, it was it was really it, i i we got lucky because the the people sitting around us were really cool and you didn't you get know, any beers dumped on your head nothing like that i almost dumped a beer on a guy on accident <laughs> like a little it was one of those like i i stopped myself but a little curled over the mm-hmm. lip and That'll you can see to it the best of them yeah. see it fall to the <laughs> ground and it landed in front of my feet and in front of the dude's feet and didn't touch either of us. And so he was like, oh, it's a sacrifice. Okay. <laughs> That's how you know they're going to win. Exactly. It's like I, you know, I had to spell out some Stella to make sure to make it happen. So I'm glad you didn't lose your voice last night because that would man. be really a shame to not have your voice for tonight. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about what this concert that's happening tonight is? Um, so it's a benefit for the people of Puerto Rico. Um, obviously, if uh, unless you've been under a rock, then you'd know that they got absolutely slammed by Hurricane Maria. Um, and you know they obviously are are struggling with with a myriad of issues, and so you know from uh, from a, a place of plenty and relative comfort, I think it's really important that we do everything we can to get them back up on their feet. So when uh, when Mauricio Reyes, the organizer of the event, asked me to do this, it was pretty much a no brainer. Um, you know, I, I think you know someone someone asked me this the other day, like why I was so pumped to do it, and it's just because you know I I don't have a million dollars, I can't like affect change in that way but if i can like provide my talent and use you know my platform to get other people involved and engaged then i think that's that's pretty important and and pretty necessary yeah so that's actually kind of an interesting jumping off point because um you know we've had a lot of people up on this show over 112 episodes who are like very explicitly whether they're artists or organizers or in various forms like explicitly engaged in in that like world shaping and world reshaping work. Can we, can we call this episode, episode 112 where the players dwell? Can we do that? <laughs> is that, is that cool? Could, could that think, be that? Could, we'll put it in that, that should work. All right. Yeah, we're the players. Okay. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I just, I had, I had to say something. The really funny thing is that people <laughs> listening to the podcast will have already seen the title and they'll have no idea like why this episode is different from, so now you know why this yeah. episode is different from all of, all of the nights. Ah, good foresight. There. It's like, yeah. it's like the Passover. Moment. Why is this night yeah, exactly. different from all over night? <laughs> Because it's where the players dwell. <laughs> That's the answer. That is the. I'm bringing that back to Tesa. So I actually like missed the reference, but I just appreciate. Do you the want? The, yeah. No, teach the, the people, yeah. including me. I mean, I, I'm aware. Rich, you, uh, you so, want to give? The, sure. Um, so there's a, a section usually uh, designated to the younger members of the Passover table. Um, Passover it's called is the, the Jewish holiday, uh, telling the story of liberation from Egypt. Yes, exactly. Um, all the context. All the context. Yes. Sorry, I, I can't just assume this. Uh, but uh, but yeah, um, so the, they, they have a section called the four questions, which is asking questions about why we're celebrating. And, and it's like different different characters and all that. And um, anyways, yeah. Yeah. And one of the questions is, why is this night different from all other nights? And it's because it's where the players dwell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we, now why, we why is work. today different from all of them? No, I'm just very happy for you, Daniel. That like <laughs> intersection of like podcasting, hip hop, and Judaism is like right. We're we're deep right God, up your alley, right I, there. <laughs> I, we we just we just really really went for it. I'm yeah. I'm so happy to be why here. Why do you think I we did? It. We did 111 episodes <laughs> just to get to that moment. Just for me, thank you all. I'm retiring. Um, but so jumping off, <laughs> jumping off from that show. Uh, tonight and first of all like i i was trying to resist the urge in writing the like write up for this episode on the website to call you like a chicago music scene veteran because i think probably that's what a lot of people uh would write or like 
I think of you as being this like kind of through line through all of the different stages of this growth and creative movement building. Um, what is the like tagline that people use when they're describing you that you like the least? Honestly, when people call me, when people call me a rapper, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not inaccurate, but I, I think it, because of all the, the kind of other places that I've taken my music, I don't think that it's, it's indicative of what I do. So when people hear kind of a more pop sounding record or just like one of my pop records, yeah. they're kind of like, Oh, I, I, I thought you were a rapper yeah. and this, this isn't rap and, and the, they like it, but they're just surprised by it. And I, I actually prefer if anyone's going to call me anything, call me an MC. Cause I think that's a really diverse term. Like I, I look at that. I, I've said this numerous times and I'll say it again to me. The, the definition of that, is microphone controller and that means i can do whatever i want which means i can sing i can rap i can talk you know whatever make noises Mm -hmm. with my mouth you know but i i I am the worst beatboxer in the world that's actually a fact that's a really important Um, thing to know about yourself yeah no someone was like come on man we were i was drunk with a friend after a a comedy (laughs) show that i was a guest at and and she was coming up to me like let's freestyle and i was like all right let's do it and she was beatboxing just fine and then Mm -hmm. she's like come on do it for me and i'm like I actually can't. I'm really sorry. She thought I was being like selfish. I'm like, no, but really like I tried and it was just, it was really bad. Um, the first road just gets sprayed with spit. And yeah. This all my my like, shirt gets covered in spit. This all, this all sounds like is. a sexual allegory. <laughs> you went down. You know what I'm no. Like, no, that was no, your turn. We got to, you, yeah. you can't give, you receive, you know, yeah, it's a, like a, like an early mid thousands, uh, Mike Terror record or something. Yeah, so, um, but uh, oh, but man. yeah, shout see out what Mike, I mean about Chicago. Shout music out Mike Terror. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know, man. It, I think I, I I prefer that though, just because you know, at a certain point, while hip hop is the basis of what I do, and it's obviously where I come from. It's you know, it it just my journey's gone all over the place, yeah. and I'm I'm really enjoying blending everything and just you know, making records that make sense. It's, it's almost like in my mind, kind of taking a, in some capacity, like a singer songwriter approach mm-hmm. to kind of like, and, and, and I'm applying that to hip hop, if yeah. that makes sense, you know? So I don't know. I, I really enjoy that. I really appreciate it. And it, it's also, you know, for my personal taste, I, you know, I get bored. Not, I, I bored is not the right word. I just, sometimes I'm like, I'm, I'm listening to something and I'm thinking, you know, there, there's another place that I could take this. Like I've definitely like gone into record something recently and, and listened back. And I was like, you know, while I'm listening to this, I'm hearing so many other things that I could do that mm. would be far more interesting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I then you know, you, you take a couple of days off or if, yeah, yeah you know, it, unfortunately it was like the end of the session. So I, I couldn't do anything about it right. then, but it was like, all right, I'll come back next week and we'll, we'll figure out what we can do to add. And, you know, so the, that, that sort of thought process, I think is, is kind of where my head's at with the, with the creation right now. Yeah. You, you, you framed it as like a journey. And so mm-hmm. I kind of want to go back and like, let's plant like some some like road markers of this journey and was hip hop your entry point into creativity and performing and what were some of those like first steps when did the pen first get in your hand and, and so i i think the first thing i wrote was when i was 12 it was really bad um i also i because i didn't know anything about writing really i initially was just like walking the dog and putting words together and kind of just trying to freestyle and um you know just over time it just evolved you know you, you what was you, the first thing do you remember anything about the first thing you wrote though uh yeah i i had the blue streak soundtrack so it was my attempt at writing the a movie yeah um <laughs> and it that was, that was my attempt at writing like uh my own version of the song bling bling by big timers um did not go very well. I definitely threw threw it out. That it doesn't exist anymore. Um, there's <laughs> no evidence of it. I'm not. I, I'm not heartbroken. You carry it in your heart. That's all you need. Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In and my heart will go on. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So um, I'd say starting around 17. You know, after kind of just freestyling a bunch. You know, you go to parties and kids are are they're doing that and. Um, you know, I, I finally had an opportunity to start recording. You know, this is also around the time the Garage Band pops up. So you've got a whole way of making stuff at home. You know, um, it's just like that. I think that's kind of a more recent phenomenon in the last like 20 years is, yeah. is that sort of thing and being more of a thing. And um, so with with that, you know, I, I ended up actually working with 
uh, Kafresi. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Kafresi. He's a, is a, a producer, um, kind of like EDM dance artist. Okay. He actually he's played like North Coast um, and plays a bunch of festivals right. and stuff. He used to uh, perform with Prob Cause. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if they still do stuff, but um, but yeah, he, that was like the one of the that was like the first person to ever record me and like have me like work out of his spot. Um, and and then, roughly what year is this? It's like to get the 12 years ago. Okay. So it'd have been like, you know, 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then, you know, you, from what, what do you remember? We're going to keep cutting you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I remember. What do you remember about that first session? Like that, uh, that there's a specific I, type of like, I like made design. the beat. I looped it. And then I wrote a song about robbing a bank. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was pretty fanciful. Um, <laughs> it wasn't an art imitates life it, type situation. No, no, no. I, I'm not, I'm not that hardcore. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was, it was pretty bad. It was, it was a really bad <laughs> song. And, uh, you know, people were being really nice to me and probably being like, this is, this is trash behind my back. But that, they you know that comes with the territory. Um, but yeah. And then from there, um, I know like about a year later, my, a kid that I was cool with at my school told me about this, uh, this buddy of his, uh, Benny Nice, um, who's actually part of 119. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, him and I started recording, you know, around then. And that's actually how I finished my first project ever, Rich in Name Only, um, which, again, there are no copies of that existing <laughs> in the world today. But, that's um, a strong name, though. I yeah. Like that. Oh yeah, no. Nah, naming has never really been the the, the, the hard part. <laughs> it's it's been making sure that it's actually listenable, which which I think in the last you know five years or so we've we figured it out. But, but I um, want to stay on that actually. That's very interesting because there's this idea of like when you start trying to create, like your taste is up here at a high level, but your skill level is way lower. And the idea is like if you can keep making long enough, like your skill level will eventually reach your taste. Um, do you feel like you're like, how close are you getting to, cause that's like a couple things now that you were like, Oh, I made that. It was early. It like, wasn't very good. And now I'm starting to get closer. Have those two reached yet? I mean, I think I, 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 I think in the last couple of years, um, I think I'm finally getting out of my head sounds that I've, I've been interested in for a very long time, but then I'm also, because I'm, I'm surrounded by so much music now you know, it just, it's a different experience when I'm listening and how I think about it and process it. So at this point, it's, it's pretty exciting just because, you know, I, I don't want to say I've reached any sort of peak. I'd rather just keep going up. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think in a lot of ways, I'm finally making things that I think have, have been in my head for a long time, but are now manifesting themselves. And I think in a way that is, is more accurate of how I'd want it to sound. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, the the key thing for me, the key focus of the last three or four years was really doing my best to remove as many unnecessary kind of hip hop cliches that may mm. like that I think it like worked into people's because when you're a kid, you're mimicking right. um, unless you're very lucky and you just have your own style like those people exist, too. But I know for us, you know, me and my friends, we were having fun. Um, in my group SEC and it was it was a really good time and we did some great stuff. But I know kind of being in that dynamic kind of put me in a place where I, I didn't necessarily feel like I was being myself yeah. or like, and how I was writing, like, it, you know, I was, I was capable, but, um, you know, again, to the sound thing. And you know, I, I thought I, I just was hearing other things that I could possibly do. Um, so I think, um, mean, in the last three, four years, the focus has been literally trying to find my own voice. Like yeah. the voice you hear on the record, I want it to sound as smooth and effortless as possible just because um, any, even if it is going to have more energy and some more kind of umph behind it, make sure that it doesn't sound forced. Right. I think that's, that's something that, um you know, I've, I've had to, you know, kind of obsess over a little bit and it, it's really paid off. I feel cause you know, now I, I just kind of like when I hear it at all, makes sense it sounds very it sounds more put together and, and more polished i think especially because i now have a sense of how to do my vocal takes yeah. mm-hmm. and and get them where i want i think um you know the, the 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 future you know who who knows i i think the best lesson um especially from the vegas ep which we started two years ago which is you know kind of the indie pop project that we put out um the best lesson that is i learned how to write to the record um, versus what I necessarily wanted to do. But, you know, even, even so it's still me, you have to find a way to insert yourself, but it's, it's, it's like, okay, like what can I give to this and kind of what is this, what is this saying to me and how I should execute this? You know, I, I think, you know, in, in, in the same breath, another thing this year, especially, you know, and this is more for like 
certain types of like hip hop production or rap production people have sent me. Um, I just think, wow, this is a really hot beat. I don't need to be on it. Like <laughs> this, I'm not the person. Like yeah. I, I could easily do something, but I don't think it would be impactful, yeah, and I don't like, think it would be like reflexive, yeah. knowing your sound, knowing yeah. yourself a little bit better. That's dope. I, I you, you kind of like caught me on my heels because in listening to what you were saying, you almost answered the question that I was coming with. But I, I really appreciate you know kind of that that growth you're talking about in terms of not having to rely on cliches and being more authentic and fluid in the creative process and we kind of think about this show in a lot of ways as like a teaching tool for, mm -hmm. for our listeners um, and so the, the, the little device we have when people like share these lessons or these like uh, signs of growth is think of yourself at age 17 in that first yeah. session um, what would be some advice or some mentorship or some, whether it's like on the technical process side or more philosophical of how you were able to get to that point of being comfortable in your voice or being true to, to a sound that feels authentic I mean to that end, um, you know, I, I would say just on a general thing lately, I think a lot about what 14, 15 year old me would think and how excited I would be <laughs> to have anything of what I have currently. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it makes me far more appreciative and like, honestly, I think feel a bit more self-assured in how things are going just because, you know, I, I think people have a, an idea of, of what this looks like yeah. and then you actually get there and it's very different um and you know both in, in really good and, and sometimes really bad ways but you know for me it's been mostly positive i think the fact that i'm still active and still able to um you know be impactful with what i'm doing you know i think that that's that's something i i can't i can't really be upset about that that's like a really great thing yeah. and especially you know i i think you know, in the last couple of years, our our consistency is what's allowed for that to happen. Yeah. You know, and that 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 was a process. I, I, you know, I sat on a lot of records for a really long time because I was really worried about impact and I really wanted things to go a certain way. Um, but I think, you know, there's also, and I, and I think it's it's also awful because in this age, you literally have people. If someone, re, if the right person retweets you, all of a sudden everyone's on you. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you have all like the background things set up or like the, the kind of the, the, the framework like of business and you, exactly. But, yeah. but, but you know, you'll, you'll be on for that second. So I think, you know, seeing people have that and then seeing what I'm making and being really excited about it and then not really getting a, a massive response, you know, that's really disheartening and it really took its toll on me. Mm. You know, I'd say like four or five years ago is it, it was so not putting good. something out you believe in something that you worked really hard on and then and having expectations for what the response would be and then those expectations not being met yeah exactly yeah. and but 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 see here's the thing though is that you know artists I think, don't usually talk about this what's yeah. that artists don't usually talk about this or admit this it's important yeah, and I, I think a lot of people and it it, it and when they do, it's like this was a bad. This is a bad thing, as opposed to like this is a thing to learn from and grow from. The way you're talking about. It. Well, I mean, look, I this is what I've wanted to do since I was, you know, in you know, 15, 16, 17 years yeah. old. This is this is you know, and and I'm I'm committed to it. There's there's nothing else really right now that that I I want to do. I mean, in ten years, I I've got a couple ideas of of how to pivot and stay involved. You know, I mean, I do run a hip hop monthly. Yeah. I do know how to do street promotion. There are other, other things I have that, you know, keep me in the game, so to speak, and keep me involved, even if I'm not necessarily going to be the one on stage, but ideally, you know, I'd like to find a way to, to mm -hmm. keep this going for, you know, as, as long as it makes sense, I, I guess um, to that, you know, to that point though, like with, with, the releases we've had in the last few years with the consistency element, um, you know, we really figured out finally how to do some manner of rollout without a budget and like kind of get people's attention and get people, you know, seeing what it is and figuring out like kind of a basic press here, at least getting some coverage, even if it isn't like complex everything right. or something, um, you know, the, you know, that, that if anything has been super instrumental and, and honestly, you know, me realizing it kind of takes the first early bits before you kind of get the larger thing. Right. You know, it, it just, it's patience. You know, I mean, I, I was very lucky a couple years ago to get a really awesome um, show opportunity. I got to play Logan Square Arts Fest. And that was just because one of the organizers saw me perform and was like, you're dope. You should do this. And so right. that, that worked out amazingly. Um, but, but you if know, you hadn't played that small show, you're not on that stage. And if you yeah, exactly. That, you're not on that. So we, that patience coupled with that, like, recognition that you like this is what you've wanted to do for 
damn near 15 years at this point. Like, yeah, that is a like wonderful, empowering thing. It's also, at least as a, when I'm projecting that onto myself, there's something very scary about that, about the, like, this is what I want to do and I'm sticking to it. And I'm deep down that, deep down that course. How do you think, and you mentioned there's like a couple things that you could pivot to. How do you, how do you balance this? Like there is no plan B with also this, like I'm trying to make a life thing and, and make that all work. I mean, my, my thought process from the very beginning has been, how do we get Chicago on? Um, you know, when I was, when I was coming up, I was really into the underground hip hop scene here in Chicago, um, like Moleman Records, G4, Gravel, um, EV, all them. And like, I, it was, it was really exciting for me to, to, to have artists that were doing something that I wanted to get good at and be involved in. And you could actually talk to them a little bit and, and, you know, versus, you know, someone from far away where you don't have that sort of access. And so, um, a very early on, you know, was thinking locally, you know, it's just like, man, you know, these guys are so good. Why don't more people know about them? I, I yeah. think it's, it's kind of, it's like, I think it's really easy when you're younger to really hop on the, the, the wagon of the underdog because, you know, you're trying to figure out who you are and, and you yeah. kind of see kind of a, a grouping of people that are also involved in this and we're all kind of underdogs together, you know? Right. Um, and then, you know, Obviously, around that time, you know, you have Kanye and Common, you know, and, and Twisted to a certain extent, like all doing their thing. And like, you know, so like there were examples of people doing it, but a lot of them left. Right. You know, they all left here. So like, I know my big goal, you know, and that, that, that I, you know, me and my, my, uh, my partner, uh, Swords um, from SEC, when we were first getting started, you know, we really were just like, we want to be Chicago artists that don't have to leave, but get to like spread everything. And, and look we weren't the ones to do it, but it's happened. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing you see. You see chance with what he's been able to accomplish. Now mm-hmm. the spotlight is, is more firmly planted here for people that are here. You know, it, yeah. I think that's, that's really exciting. That gets me excited mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it also makes me want to stay invested in the things that I am, you know, whether it's putting on events or figuring out how to promote my friends or other artists that I like, because the, the, better chance we give them to win, whether it's through showcasing them or promoting them and, and getting people aware of them here, then, you know, the better shot we have to keep this going. You know, I, I would love to see the, the the Chicago Renaissance, as people call it. I mean, it would be great to have it go for 20, 30 years. You know, like, let's really, you know, make this, you know, go. So I'm, you know, I have to say 20, 30 years from now, I'd be... I'd be sixty. You know, we will we'll be back here in thirty years. <laughs> episode episode one thousand and and hundred and twelve where the players still dwell <laughs> drinking players prune juice and, and we'll we'll be talking we'll be talking about how thirty years yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean Viagra. You, I, I, I I I appreciate the pers- the perspective that you're bringing in and, and it um it's something that is um we kind of miss a little bit because we, we consider this work like documentarianism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Chicago Renaissance, as it is called and we call it, is like at the core. This is important. What you guys are doing is important. 100%. Yeah. Thank no, you. sorry. I, I, I should, I should, I should start off by saying thank you. No, like I, you know, having things like this to do, you know, the more that we can support you guys, you know, I think it's important to, to figure out how to, how to, you know, use your network to, to really pump this up because, you know, another thing too is while, you know, Chicago compared to some cities may not have all the things, we have a lot of the things yeah. <laughs> and compared to most cities and we around get stuck America. On the things we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think there's actually some there some of the things that weren't here is why Chicago is bubbling in such a unique way. Definitely. It's different from New York or even Atlanta, right, on an infrastructure level. So on the the, the Renaissance piece, as somebody who was active and participating before that idea was like even like sparked, not sparked, but like before it was coming to, to fruition. Before there were articles. Right. Hmm. Um, I, I'm curious in your perspective of like outside of just saying the internet, right? Like how the the bubble or the blow happened from somebody who was seeing it in real time. How did you process and understand some of the, 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 the turning points? Well, I, I think I, I unfortunately can't give you a crazy, crazy perspective pre-internet necessarily because a lot of my early understandings, it was like a, it was a blend of 
you know, buying CDs in stores or going to shows and, you know, whatever, whatever all ages things I could find um, that the local labels were putting on mixed with whatever level of internet presence they had, you know, cause this is like bef- kind of pretty much before YouTube in a lot of ways, you know, that you didn't have the same avenues to promote your music um, digitally. And, and where at least. were you at the time? Were you in the city? I, I was, I was in middle school. I was in like high school. Right, right. This is like, um, Where'd so. you go? Uh, I went to Royce Moore up in Evanston, but I lived in Chicago. Uh, my mom works at Northwestern, so we would commute up I just to. Think it's uh, important to ground this in. Oh, one hundred percent. Well, well, this uh, with that, you know, it was it was interesting because that was also a big reason why I was able to encounter kind of the the Rogers Park hip hop community, especially yeah. with EV Records and with. Um, uh, gravel especially because you know they were based out of there and they were doing shows up there so you know i was i was seeing artists that were you know in some capacity like you know doing oh they, they were the guys that were getting like the opening slots for like the nationally touring acts coming in like right. guys like verbal kent or pugs adams yeah, um pugs. you know so you know that you know i'm you know that's just a time and place thing i got i got lucky to experience some of that um you know plus also like you know growing up in the city too you know i i was able to experience the things while you know i was you know going back and forth and you know especially in terms of like a, a place that kind of held down a spot of like you know introductions to new things you know there was tony sports which was a uh like a throwback jersey sneaker store at irving and sheridan because i'd be taking the red line home and i'd get off and take the 80 bus home and you know they would sell mixtapes there so i'd buy you know local mixtapes that was like one of my locations or like dr wax they used to have a bunch of those spots mm-hmm. too I love um yeah. so you know it was Definitely, um, definitely something where, you know, you're, you're looking at going to physical locations to, to search this stuff out if you actually want to listen to it and buy it, but you could at least be somewhat aware of it online. I would say, um, you know, really, really where things start to crack off is that, you know, MySpace was getting pretty, was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. MySpace was like the OG SoundCloud. Yeah. I was, I, I still have songs in my iTunes library that I downloaded off MySpace <laughs> from like, you know, from my first laptop, yeah. like 11 years ago. Like, um, yeah, the LimeWire MySpace double up was a right, pretty right. powerful tool. Pre blog. Yeah. I was, that'll, that'll do it for you. I was one of those Wayneyacs. Like, there was like two years of my life where I like kind of only listened to Lil Wayne and I would just search through like fake little Wayne or LimeWire pages yeah. and then or go to LimeWire, Lime right? Yeah. So you, now I didn't know you could download straight from MySpace. So I would f- go through people's page, go through girls' page. I was looking through, there'll be a new Wayne song every day. <laughs> and then I would go on LimeWire and try to find whatever project that came from. You got hard drives. Oh man. Oh man. Three or four Dale computers. Sorry about that, mom. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so impressive. All the viruses that we yeah. brought yeah, into yeah, our yeah, family yeah. computers from, <laughs> from, I think this is a freestyle. This is a rare Biggie Tupac. It has freestyle. Biggie, yeah. Tupac, Wayne, Eminem, Jay-Z, Bone Thugs and Harmony. All Elvis. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Prince. Robert Johnson. <laughs> wow. All in the same record. Yeah. So, mashups. So- <laughs> Pre girl talk mashups. Oh, man. Um, wow. So yeah. real terrible stuff. But yeah, so you're. But, but so that's at the beginning, right? We're talking yeah. about like that perspective of what gets missed. I want to like zoom back to the present, and you're talking about like boosting the renaissance, keeping it moving, keeping it going. One of the conversations we've been having both up here and off mic a lot is you know, we've been doing this show two and a half years and trying to account for the ways that the city and the creative community has been reshaped and is different now than it even was two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, is to say that there is a renaissance that is built out of these collective spaces of everyone being in a room together and people doing this collaboration. Is that still like an accurate phrase? Do we have to reshape our language? You have to re- and that doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean it's done, but like, how do we not hold to like precious to this marketing tool? Basically the marketing like, tool of the Renaissance yeah, itself is that title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it won't I, be 2013 I, forever, you know, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it, it's, it's something where, I think when that phrasing begins to sound hollow, then maybe we rethink it. Do but you think it sounds hollow? No, I don't. I, I think I see I see people I respect and I love unabashedly using that to describe what's happening. Yeah. And I think to myself, that's you know, that so it, 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 this makes sense to me. Um I you know, I think in terms of keeping this going, it's of the utmost importance that you know, aside from from whatever whatever usage of of platforms you can use to promote yourself, I really think we have to make this a place 
where people want to come here specifically for art and for music. I think it, it, I've actually encountered a number of people over the last couple of years that came here because they said the music scene was so impressive. I'm one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, that's why I'm here. Exactly. So like case in point from New York. <laughs> exactly. No, but see that's, and that's to me very exciting. Like that, that gets me almost more excited than anything else. When I hear people say that, because you know, it, it was so funny. I was in New York last week for a show and I had, I had some meetings. I have a bunch of friends out there that I do music with. And like, um, it, it was hilarious to me. Every single person that I said, and I told them I was from Chicago, I was like, is it really that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it really that wild? Like, I mean, you know, I just, I hear all these things and, on and, the and tip or on the, the violence? no, on like the violence tip, oh, like right, it right, didn't right. have anything to do with music. They mm -hmm. just, you know, people have this, like, I think, unfortunately, very, very awful idea of what this place is and look man you know there's there's so much to be unhappy about here but if you only focus on that all the time then that just begats more unhappiness i i, I really think you know if i for me at least i try to focus on all the positive things that can be carried out and that can be executed mm -hmm. um you know you, you you're not to, not to be ignorant of any like bad stuff that's going down but it's like how how do how do we get through that you have to be able to see some light in everything and yeah. So I think, you know, creating something, some form of, of way of getting more people here and pipelining between here to other cities and vice versa, I think that's kind of the next step that I, I see as, as being of the utmost necessity because, um, you know, I, I've, I've met a lot of like the you know, kind of indie artists in other places and there are people of you know, high quality talent who would, who would do well here. And, and, you know, the same goes for people going there. And, and it's just a question of how do you, how do you make that sort of commitment? That's, that's almost on some moving mountains sort of thing of, of what you're trying to do, but it's, it's doable. I sincerely think it's doable. And I, and, you know, with the internet as part of this, you know, we've got a, a tool to stay connected and to kind of at least, you know, get the framework set up that we could do this. I don't know. It, it's going to, it may take some yeah, time, you're doing but I'm like system thinking here, like big picture <laughs> yeah, system thinking. Nah, it's, it's, it's wild. We met a, uh, we, I don't want to say his name in case he's like, doesn't want to feel betrayed, but we met a, a up and coming, very dope rapper from New York who's performing here. And was like, man, I think I want to move to Chicago. Right. And just thinking like, is 10 this years someone ago, with like buzz? You can, you can tell me after. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so hopefully we'll get him up here eventually. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But, and then to that point of like the, the outside perspective on like over centering the violence and why we need, new platforms this is going to be a point that i'm gonna ask a separate question mm -hmm. like <laughs> it is because you know I'll take a couple minutes yeah, yeah. off no, no i mean no, you know how just in how important it is to understand how like systems create the violence that happens here mm -hmm. but how inaccurate it is to like depict the whole city right like yeah. as as that like and, and i understand why it's because of of how platforms access chicago so if you watch like the rabbit hole of like dj vlad interviews and no shade i kind of like the conversations that he has sometimes but if you just listen to the 15 chicago rappers he's talked to it sounds like hell and it sounds like armageddon but they all live in like a two mile radius yeah and like are rappers that know each other and have like actual conflicts with each other instead of like discussing all of what's yeah, happening like a, in like city. A 60 square mile but <laughs> chicago is tale of two cities like mm -hmm. crazy though right. like it's it's definitely so how do you answer that question? And I'm sorry I've been which, cutting you which, off so much, but like, man, I hear all this wild shit about Chicago. I, like, I just, you, you know, I just say, you know, to a certain extent, you know, some of it is true. It's undeniable. You yeah. can look at the numbers. And, and, and in fact, you know, from, from what I've, I've read, you know, we might even be underreporting the homicides that are occurring. It's actually, that, that's a police tactic to decrease the and to to make them look better mm -hmm. you know like they'll just say oh caught natural causes just because they don't want to admit that they aren't solving right. these cases or they had something to do with it or they, they had something to to yeah it. or they had something to do with it yeah no i mean <laughs> that's i mean you know that you know let's let's you know that's that's up to the evidence to say that but i mean given given the history of the cpd would it surprise mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't believe so you know you have john burge's exhibit a mm -hmm. a, a big friggin exhibit mm -hmm. a. Yeah. um so you know it it's definitely something where um you know i i say you know while you do yes have all these things um going on that aren't positive and aren't great you know i think you have to to understand, you know, there's a lot of different things happening here. And, um, you know, there, especially from the creative element, the people that are here, the, the soul of the people I think is, is what carries us through just because, um, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to live anywhere else. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, I, it almost mm. happened a few years ago. And at this point, I'm, I'm pretty committed to, to staying mm-hmm. here. But I think it's, it's, it's important that if we're gonna, if we're gonna change the conversation and if we're going to, to give people a more accurate depiction of who we are, I think it's important that we get out in the world and travel and, and mm. kind of be, be our own best ambassadors. ambassadors. Yeah. You know, that's how I look at, at how, things work for when I travel is I'm, I'm not just representing, you know, my business and, and who I am, but I, I'd like to think that I'm representing my city yeah. and I, I try to, um, you know, do everything in my power to, to make sure that we're cast in the best light, you know, even, even against honest, yeah, in an honest way. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think, um, the, the more we can get Chicagoans out and about in the world showing that, you know, we're, you know, the, the everything you've heard, you know, while that applies to some, it does not apply to all. And, and not um, just, perf- not just out in the world on stage, on, doing yeah. their art, but also like talking and sharing their ideas. Like not only just in a like performance standpoint, exactly. like listening. I mean, that's what we're trying to do with the touring thing, right? Is like, it's one thing to be given access to a space and very often, uh, yeah, it's one thing to be given access to a space to share your performance, which like then can be applauded and people can walk away. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to be given access to that space uh, to just go in and share what you're thinking about. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, like who's let in to do each thing is very different. Uh, I'm curious, Dan, how do you, when it's someone not from here, how do you answer that question? Because it's my answer has shifted in the last six months or so. About the, the Chicago. Yeah, yeah, like that, the, oh man, it's so wild there. Yeah, I mean. Other than, other, is it just the like, well, let's look at the systems? Yeah, I mean, that, so so that's usually my thing because uh, you know you even have to have that conversation here. It's not even yeah, just yeah. The outside of Chicago. So you know you always have to bring in the institutions, whether it's the public schools or the police department or the housing. Uh, but then also just how concentrated it is, right? So like it is really important to talk about like the the fractions or how big the city is geographically. And so if you if you Talk about like the drill scene, which like made Chicago popular, like 80%, like I was saying, 80% of those most noted rappers live in a very specific area, right? And have like either family or like geographical, went to school with each other. Um, And so it's like concentrated pockets um, where there is like intentional divestment. So it's really the same thing that's happening everywhere. So it's what's happening in Flint. It's what's happening in New Orleans. It's what's happening in DC uh, and it's design lines and also how like linear the city is like not really any city has blocks as cookie cutter yeah, as Chicago is, so it's very easy to we, segregate. We can and thank concentrate. we can thank the Chicago Fire for that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 is the, that is the history. Um, but but in in that point, I do kind of want to want to switch gears, or it's kind of in the same like lane or vein. Uh, I just respect the uh, <laughs> yeah yeah the bars don't stop. <laughs> I, 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 I respect the the um, the respect you have for the city and the culture. Uh, and also the fact that you're able to like list names or list spaces that are like are even beyond my point of reference or beyond my knowledge of of the city. And we we like to know like lineage, mm-hmm. right? So when you think of yourself and how you got started, whether it's like actual big homies, whether it's just family, but artistically, either people you listen to or people that are like were actually there in the gym shooting with you, putting you on. How do you track your lineage as an artist? In this space, and, and as a time. space maker, also as yeah. a curator. Um, I mean, I, I think obviously, um, I think I sit in a, a a pretty unique seam of it all, just because you know, while I did come up in the underground, like more indie scene here in Chicago, I've you know, I've I've personally always sought to be in a lot of different spaces yeah. to get an eclectic group of people around me, just so I'm getting different perspectives. Um, pretty much as soon as I was, I was introduced to, to those spaces. I know there was a, uh, my friend Brady, he's the first one that brought me to YCA when I was 18. Um, and then he was running, um, a space that actually brother Mike was running called the lyricist loft before oh, him wow. over on, on Lake and Clinton. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, they, that was like, uh, it was a biweekly open mic mm-hmm. and that's where i met a lot of my first friends and i'm still friends with them to this day like guys like sketch 185 or gyroscope that are in uh tomorrow kings oh, yeah, uh, lamai manual like yeah, all those yeah, people yeah, those like are those are you know <laughs> those, those are all like my, my my very much like day one of me starting to do this in like public and performing and 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 them lying to me saying i was doing good <laughs> um you know shout out them but no but seriously um i i think you know Rob. that's 
you know, from so from an early spot, I've always kind of wanted to see what's out there and explore the different spaces. And I think um, the the disconnect that I've seen that in, in the lineage specifically with you know a lot of the older heads, I think there were a lot of really well intentioned people. Um, but I know that some of the some of the more prominent ones I don't think did an amazing job of finding like a next wave of people to invest mm-hmm. in. I think mm-hmm. it was, you know, very much every man for himself. I mean, and look, given given where the industry was at that point, can you blame them? And there being real scarcity in terms of opportunities. Exactly. You know, you're you're literally, you know, if you're able to get any sort of anything outside of here, you know, you're going to take it for you. And I, I, you can't be mad at someone at that, you know, the context of it all, it was very dog eat dog. I, th- I feel like now music in general, I feel like anybody can make something for somebody. Mm-hmm. And if you can market it to that somebody and then the other somebodies that are like that person, then you've got yourself, your call following. And like yeah. those a hundred to 200 people could potentially sustain some level of a career for you, which yeah. is amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I just say like those, those artists, you know, I I have a lot of respect and love for them, but I, I don't know if, if some of the more prominent figures invested in the next wave as much as they could have or should have. I mean, but again, I don't who knows if they even were capable of it. I'm but so so I'd say like with with that in mind, you know, as as we because I, I feel like also I remember that the reader did a piece on this, I think five years ago. Um it was about um the combination of fashion and hip-hop like mm-hmm. with places like juggernaut and saint alfred's mm-hmm. and leaders and all that and kind of how with record stores dying out these places were kind of the new meeting point for hip-hop you know because yeah. you know those release shows that uh there were the listening parties at juggernaut were right. you know wild yeah. or leaders or whatever wild you know and so, it could be the place where you could actually go and see the people like exactly, they might just be up exactly there yeah. <laughs> just chilling and, and especially given given the age of and how young some of these kids were too you they know they're not necessarily in there. venues they don't necessarily have you know, pr- you know, people, their friends don't have the bread to put up for the spot. So, you know, these, these are kind of the, the free spaces, you know, where, where same for YCA, you know, you've yeah, got yeah. open spaces where people can showcase and, and people can, can, can congregate and meet. So I think, you know, seeing as, as how I think the fashion wave in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, to be honest, it, the marketing of it was sexier. And, and so it's more appealing mm-hmm. just from like a visual standpoint, if you yeah. think about it. And I think, you know, whereas as I think skills were in some capacity, like kind of more of the deciding factor in terms of who you should support. I don't think that ever necessarily went away, but I just think people got better at presenting themselves in other ways. And the people that could present themselves the best continued and, and were able to, to be impactful. And those that like kind of didn't really figure out how to use the various platforms in front of them, be it Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Like I know so many amazing artists that are, you know, some of them have figured it out, but like some dudes just like don't know how to use the internet to help right. their career. And they're still amazing. That doesn't right. mean they're not good. Not good yeah. it's, and, and look, I'm still learning, you know, yeah. you know, I, I, I think I, I can't, I, I still remember, you know, uh, uh, landline phones and pre-internet <laughs> and, and how, how that was like VCR. Isn't it funny that know? we're like the last, we are literally like the last generation that ever existed pre that stuff yeah analog you know i again to the to the idea of eclecticism you know i like a lot of different types of hip-hop and rap mm-hmm. and i think that they can coexist and they should coexist because one sound is boring to me and so you know in in the shows that i put together you know and, yeah. and i've also included vocalists too because you know there's there's so many there's so much crossover i feel like now in chicago Especially, between yeah. like kind of like the jazz um mm-hmm. you know kind of like you know, rock kind of like blends kind of, you know, with, with the, it started with like the oh my's and kids right. these days. And it goes to your um, point about like, I'm not the MC thing versus the rapper thing. It's like, well, if we're doing melodies and we have chord progressions behind us and I'm a rapper and I'm doing like, let's just throw some of that out the window, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so for you in that role though, as crafting those spaces and, and, and curating those lineups, um, it, it sounds like there's an attentiveness to what you're describing about the generation before not doing right about like, how do we bring this next gen, this next group with us? And to add to that, which, which was my point, I was actually literally just thinking about this all week of, I think it is the responsibility or I don't think you're fully hip hop unless you're mentoring. Right. Like, no, I, I think even if it's like 100%. Personal. And, and look, I, I, I feel like, I feel like what I said may have come off as harsh 
for the OGs. Cause like, again, like there, there are so many dudes that have given me so much game and like, and have passed on stuff to me and, and have helped me that came before me. So I, I don't, I'm not trying to like go. No, I, it wasn't taken. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm just, I just want to stress that. No, I'm actually, I, yeah, I'm actually I, defending I, you. I, yeah. I consider myself an OG and I'm very offended. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually like defending you and saying it. I, I thought about it in like the, the conversation right now around mumble rap and like the old, like East coast heads who like are doing all this criticism. And I think, you can you can have taste and you can not like it. Like there's validity and not liking yeah. some of the shit that's out. But unless you are mentoring young people, right? Because hip hop, hip hop is not a kid culture, right? There are adults who usually run it, but it is youth focused and it is about. But it is a up. young man's game. I don't even necessarily. I I it, it has it, been. It, up I, until I, I think I think. I mean, you I look, mean, you, you, you look, you look at you look at some of the artists. Like, look, and honestly, in a lot of ways, I'm 29. There are a lot of dudes that have actually caught on about now because they put in the years and, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it clicks or, you know, people yeah. are like, you know, like, let's, let's do this on like kind of a team level, you know, even like two chains, two chains is like 35, right, 36, right. you know and what I mean? Is, and that's, that's new. That and that's, was, that was right. not the case before. People right. didn't get like first hit at 29, 30 before. Well, well, people, yeah, people definitely were on some like, you know, you're over the hill if you're like older than 27, 28. Mm-hmm. I remember literally seeing Facebook statuses from like, you know, people that carried weight here in chicago and still carry weight and they said yeah like you know if you're 27 and 28 and it hasn't happened then maybe it's time to rethink things <laughs> um but that's exactly the time where things actually started to work yeah. Yeah, in my favor so it's like and that's also like in relation to other art forms like I, my parents have a friend who's a novelist and he said like anyone can call themselves a writer at 25 or a novelist at 25 it's when you're 30 and you spent the last four years still saying you're a writer and people are like, oh, what have you written? You're like, well, I'm working on this thing. And they're like, oh, you're not a real writer. And then you finally, that's when you're actually a writer. It's yeah. like if you can persevere when there are all those Facebook posts saying like maybe you should drop yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many people didn't want me to succeed, did not, <laughs> want, did not want this to be a thing, like outright were antagonistic. Um, and, uh, you know. Good for them. It gave me a chip on my shoulder and, and kind of that's, that's how I have actually, you know, I, I look, man. I love how you a, said a, that. A, ang, yeah. Anger, Very anger is a, anger is a, a powerful tool if you, you, if you use the fuel properly from it. And that's it's so just, you know, because that doesn't fit your sound in the way I hear about it, right? So I, I hear it as a motivation, but when I think about like the, even not musically, but also just like, personality wise when you walk out in the world that's not how i take you are is there like an angry piece of you that you just don't oh yeah i there i mean well you know case in point when 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 that um when that umpire blew that call last (laughs) night i was actually pretty out of control um i had to i had to make sure the people i came with were were cool and they they were just like no actually we loved it you know go crazy but no i i I think look i i think there was a period in my mid-20s where i was really not happy. I was really upset. I, I I felt a lot of negative things as it pertained to my craft and how it was being perceived. And um, you know what? At, at the end of the day, you know, as I, as I said at the beginning, you know, it just it just wasn't there. And but I, but I still wanted to keep doing this. You understand? So it, it just kind of at a certain point, I had to start tuning out the things that were were driving me crazy. But then mo- mo- most importantly thinking about how I presented myself to the world. It's like, if I'm having a bad day, I don't need to be telling people about it on Twitter. I don't need to be telling people about it on Facebook. I can get on the phone. I can call someone that loves me and we can have a conversation about it. And it's not to say to to be misrepresenting who I am. It's just like, I, as far as I'm concerned, as it pertains to like, when I'm around people, I want people to be happy. I want people to feel like my, my dad, I remember years ago, he wrote in an email to me, he said, you know, make others happy and glad to be alive. That was when I was 22. He sent that to me. And, and that was like, that was some pretty, pretty great life advice just because I've, I've realized I'm my best self. And I think the people around me are at their best point when, when, you know, I'm happy and when I'm trying to make them feel good about themselves. Cause I, you know, I, I, I think it's you know look you, you can't you can't bet a thousand on that ever but at least for me it it allows me to to still feel a vibrancy in my yeah. life and and kind of feel a certain vitality that that might otherwise not be there if I was still caught up in in all the things I didn't have and all the you know cuz cuz that that's that's one thing my my manager when we when we first started working together a couple of years ago you know or 2 3 years ago even before we were talking he said look man like you're getting you're you've actually gotten some pretty good looks. It's yeah. just that, you know, it's about 
making one bleed into the other and, and building the momentum and, and, you know, also maybe just people just aren't that crazy about it right now. Right. And, and so, you know, that's, that's a harsh reality. It's a risky thing to say as a manager. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> but it's, but well, the honesty is important. Yeah. yeah. Do, do I want to be lied to? And then we yeah. stay exactly where I am. A lot of I people am? do. A lot of people do. Well, I'm, lied. I'm lucky then. I, <laughs> I think, but I'm, look, I, I, think, a, I would say that as pops. Yeah. That's a good oh, relationship definitely. to have. No, I, 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 again, like I, I really, I'd say now, um, you know, I, I still have anxieties. I still have like things that piss me off. But instead of putting that out into the world and having other people feel that venom and feel that 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 vitriol from me, I can do something about it and be productive about it. Like pretty yeah. pretty much like this since April, since like end of March, early mm-hmm. April, I've been in the studio once a week. And that's like my, my, you know, at the minimum, right. For like six to 10 hours. And that's like my time to just like get it out. And and it's for me and it's for me to feel good. And for me to, to kind of get my, to, to feel like I'm moving the needle forward, at least in terms of having an addition to my catalog. Cause I, you know, I've been, I've been in love with a lot of the music I've been making this summer, but a lot of it just because I, I just forced myself to sit down and make this a part of my week. And when you're facing that challenge and that and doing that creating, it's much easier to like not become subsumed by the other stuff, by those questions of anxiety or wondering how other people are judging it. It's like, you're like, no, 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 I'm being challenged by the making of it. And that's enough for me. I don't need these external challenges. Right. Exactly. Um, I, I, we, I feel like we could go forever. We have to get out of here real quick. You want to do that? This is important. I think you're an excellent candidate. Oh, wow. I think, I (laughs) I think you are. So, you know, I think you got a sense of what we do here. Uh, but we like to end with the foundation, the cornerstone of our show, uh, is a game that is really important. It's all about accountability. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all about love and change, but sometimes it's about that action in these windy city streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we believe in beef as a tool of change. So the sect of the world that we beef have, a tool of- <laughs> the sect of the world that we have perpetual beef with. And every week we like to ask our guests to start beef with because they have run amok. It's R and B singers. Mm-hmm. So our game is beef with an R&B singer off the spot, off the top of your head. Of any era. Of any era. Any era. So it could be someone from your childhood okay. or someone from Motown to Bryson Tiller, Tory Lanez today. Mm. And R. Kelly and Chris Brown are the reason the games exist. You can mention them, but they can't be the one you... And do I get do I get a beat to to put this <laughs> well, None of us can beatbox. Neither you can beatbox. You know our limits. Um, okay, cool, man. Beef with an R and B singer. You don't have to do a diss track for the record. You can, but you can just just name, name them. them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so wait, I'm from freestyle. No, 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 no. I'm no. not freestyle. No, no, you're not rapping. Oh. No, you just have to tell us. <laughs> Even um, though freestyle would take it to a new level. To be honest, if you want to do an off the top diss track to an R&B singer, that's a whole other level <laughs> of this game. I'm not no, mad we at it. would put you on the spot for that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Trey Song said, "Make him say ah." I make him say ooh, like I'm young ma. <laughs> <laughs> you listening to that oldish like ma and pa. Y'all keep it to North Shore like you Gavin DeGraw. <laughs> now that's a diss to the pop singer, the One Tree Hill ringer. But I'm just sitting here trying to get you with a humdinger. We coming for Kelly and Brown. I'm taking the crown. Jim D. Regattas for 17 years been trying to take his ass down. Why it ain't happened? He had to plead the fifth because he couldn't admit that he watched a video of R. Kelly doing that to a kid. Because then he would be complicit, which means that he is guilty. Which means that the whole friggin' system is filthy. Oh, yo, go crazy! This, this is a top ten highlight of 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 all one twelve. You just took the show to another level. This is truly where the players. Be for the army. Episode one twelve. So yeah, Rich Jones. Where can the people find? I'm like, I'm blown away. Um, that was big. That was that was, that huge. was huge. I don't I don't know how we can go on after that. We might have to retire. We, the game. <laughs> Where can folks find your music, find your work? Where can they see, other than coming tonight to the show the at Chop Shop? don't want it. We ethering y'all out here. <laughs> um, so you can find all things Rich Jones related at richjonesmusic.net. It links to all my social media. Um, have a bunch of merch and, and cool things for sale on there. Um, for tonight, you should meet me at Chop Shop, 7 p.m. We have an amazing lineup. We've got Odd Couple, Boathouse, uh, DJ Damnage. Um, this guy, Rich Jones, I hear he's pretty cool. 
and then Raven Linnae, the Omis, and guy. Eric Raddatz. Uh, man, my girlfriend took a look at me yesterday and was like, you, you got to do something. Okay. <laughs> I, actually, that might be my Sturdy. next move. I might have to go to my barber and be like, hey, man, can I get a cut on credit? Just, <laughs> just, let, let's, just, let's just give me – let's get, just get the beard, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking like I should have a 7-Eleven cup on the corner. Right this, is, this is no good. We didn't even talk about the rings, too. That yeah. was like a whole thing. We, anyway. we got to go. We, we're over our time here at Ergo Radio. We may or may not be back on the air next week because we're going to be out of town. We will probably have a podcast up. I don't know if it will be up here on HBK. Regardless – We'll be back every Thursday at noon, showcasing the voices reshaping our culture for the more equitable and the more creative. Much love to the people. Peace. Peace. Chicagoland, 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 Chicagoland It's got me blue It's got me blue